Welcome to the Robert Half Legal Report, where we discuss current issues impacting the legal profession related to hiring, staff management, and more with leading experts in the field. Robert Half Legal provides lawyers, paralegals, and support staff to law firms and corporate legal departments on a project and full-time basis. The Robert Half Legal Report is here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Charles Volkert, Senior District President of Robert Half Legal and the host of our program today. Our guest is Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal with the law firm of Foreign Glennon in Las Vegas, Nevada, where he specializes in civil litigation and concentrates in the areas of general insurance defense, as well as complex litigation matters. He is a board member of NALS, the Association of Legal Professionals. He's also an adjunct professor, lecturer, and author. Carl and I will be discussing how roles and staffing models for paralegals and other legal support professionals are changing in today's legal world. It's great to have you join us today, Carl. Thank you, Chad, so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the questions. Uh, Definitely want to get your expert feedback for our audience. You know, maybe we could start, Carl, you know, as I've been thinking about the questions, it's certainly a good time to be a paralegal. As the legal profession evolves, paralegal jobs are changing in response, and it's more important than ever to be aware of how industry developments are impacting your career. So you've been working, you know, within the legal profession For more than 20 years, Carl, can you describe the most significant changes in your duties and responsibilities as a paralegal during that time, and what has triggered these changes? Well, Chad, I'll tell you, one of the most significant changes that uh, I have witnessed and colleagues that I work with have witnessed, of course, is technology. Since the beginning of my career, you know, I've witnessed the immense changes and evolution of technology, Uh, you know, from simple DOS-based software and systems in large desktop computers to, you know, laptops and the myriad of software that's available for law offices and and legal corporate departments that are available today. As such, I've found that in order to remain relevant, I've had to learn, of course, the new software that comes out and, and the changes in technology and making sure that I stay abreast of those computer trends as it applies to the legal industry. Of course, doing that by attending continuing education seminars, webinars, things of that nature. And I always instruct my students and and when I mentor an up-and-coming paralegal that if you want to advance in your career, you've got to stay on top of the technology and advances that are occurring in this area at, you know, a really rapid rate. Another area that dovetails into technology is, of course, e-discovery. As technology advances, so does the realm of e-discovery. You know, with rulings such as Zubalake back in 2000 that set the trend and, and continues to set and deal with electronic discovery and the continuing changes in the rules of civil procedure, you know, a paralegal has to stay on top of these changes. And one of the best ways, of course, is to attend, you know, continuing education opportunities and be active in a national paralegal association such as NALS. I've also found that since 2008, you know, with the economic changes uh, that's affected most law firms, more and more paralegals have had to take on additional duties that may have been once performed by an administrative assistant or legal secretary, but also those tasks that are performed uh, by those first-year associates. 
That's great feedback, Carl. And and let me, you know, maybe a follow-up question along the same lines. You know, with law offices maintaining more efficient legal support teams than ever before, hiring managers are looking for paralegals who are capable of handling additional work responsibilities. And what we're hearing is much of that work could even be what first-year associates in the past we're doing. Uh, do you see that in the areas of litigation for your practice and firm? Yeah, I do see that. You know, of course, from a personal experience, I have witnessed firsthand that, you know, I'm sitting at council table. You know, I may not be truly a second chair, but the uh, associate may be second chair, but I am right there providing the support in the courtroom uh, other than, you know, maintaining the exhibits and things of that nature. You know, and maybe that takes us to, you know, an additional topic and would love your insight. And, you know, could you outline for our listeners how this change in workflow technology that you've described has changed hiring and staffing models for your law firm, your colleagues' law firms in and around the hiring of paralegals and legal support professionals? Of course, you know, Chad, just like I've been saying, you know, technology has greatly advanced over the 20-plus years that I've been working in this industry, and great strides have occurred that's improved the efficiency and the workflow in the law office. But, you know, as I say, the tool is only as good as the person who is using that tool. So, you know, I've witnessed, you know, and and speaking with others, that those first-year attorneys coming out of law school, well, now we're dealing with a generation of of individuals who have been raised uh, around computers. And from a hiring standpoint and from a managerial standpoint, of course, the administrative support those first-year attorneys are now doing most of their typing of their own documents. So really gone are the days of, you know, straight dictation. So staffing models are different now than they were even 10 short years ago. I've seen how the staffing model at one time was one paralegal to two to three attorneys and one secretary to about the same ratio, two to three attorneys. Nowadays, you see in offices across the country, small and large, of course, that you've got one secretary to six or eight attorneys now and one paralegal to maybe four, five, even six attorneys. So, you know, I believe that the evolution of technology has played a a large part in the responsibility for that staffing model change. Well, Carl, we're seeing the same things. And, you know, on the other hand, we also are experiencing more and more clients coming to us looking for paralegals that are highly skilled in client communication, solution-oriented legal advice and research versus maybe, you know, 5, 10, certainly 15 years ago, much more of a writing and driving of research. Uh, Is that what you're seeing? Has that been an evolution for your career as well as other paralegals that you know? I have seen that and others that I've spoken with also see that same thing where there's more of a true engagement with the client in the services that we provide. It's not just in the background as it used to be, especially for the area of law that I work in, insurance defense and and, in litigation. Typically, you know, paralegal may sit kind of in the background uh, and do a lot of the driving of what you just said, you know, the factual investigation, the, the writing, such like that. Now there's more of 
the attorneys are bringing in their paralegals into meetings with the client and using that judgment and analytical ability that, you know, paralegals are schooled in and educated uh, more than maybe what they've done five, ten short years ago. That's great. And so, you know, with that in mind and this changing, fast-paced legal environment, how have you expanded your skill sets and gained knowledge in that area? And, and what are you recommending, again, to those paralegals that uh, you're either teaching in the classroom setting or mentoring in other firms? Well, I'm a voracious learner and love to learn. So I always want to learn something new. I always want to keep my mind fresh and keep going forward. And one way that I've expanded on my skill set has, you know, of course, to become involved in a local and a national, you know, paralegal associations. Doing so, I have that access to that continuing education that allows me to continue to learn. You know, associations like NALS or the National Association of Legal Assistants, NALA, and NIFA, National Federation of Paralegal Associations. And of course, we all pride ourselves on providing that top-notch legal education on trends in the industry. Uh, another way that I've expanded on my skill set is to branch into other areas of law within the law firms I've worked for. Previously, before I moved to Las Vegas, I worked for the largest firm in Oklahoma. And because of my reputation, you know, I was afforded the opportunity to work with attorneys and areas of law that, you know, were new and exciting to me that I had not previously worked in. You know, I saw it as an opportunity to add to my ever-growing and evolving set of skills. And I would recommend to paralegals, if there is an area that you don't currently work in and maybe have an interest in that area, take that leap. You know, ask the attorneys in your firm, hey, is there a task or a project that I could help you with in this new area because I'm eager to learn and add to my skills. And of course, you know, as I said earlier, staying on top of the trends in technology um, and learning new software, hardware, and procedures that, you know, making sure that I am, you know, remaining relevant in my job and in the industry. But it's not just the paralegals that need to have this level of skill set. It's important in the support role, legal secretarial role, paralegal assistant role. Uh, records assistants, you know, all the legal support professionals need to keep current when it comes to these trends as well. And it's not only in technology, but it's also soft skills such as leadership, time management, you know, team player, creative problem solving, and, and being able to work under pressure. You know, in all areas of law, there's a level of pressure. Um, litigation tends to be a little bit more heavy on the pressure side, but we all have to work on it. So in the legal support professional's role, we have to make sure that, you know, we're staying on top of and improving on our soft skills in order to continue to grow and be relevant. Absolutely. And, you know, I think from a hiring perspective, what our recruiters, you know, are seeing as well is, and you've touched on this, Carl, sort of expanding your legal background and maybe other practice areas in particular, the increased salaries that we're seeing paralegals, legal support professionals be able to command in the marketplace as a result of some of these interpersonal skills and intangibles you're talking about, as well as being very skilled in the hot practice areas like litigation, business, and corporate law, where a lot of candidates are in short supply, so to speak, and those practice areas are growing. Are there any specific educational programs or specifically in the areas of education that you wanted to highlight for our listeners in order to equip paralegals to advance their careers? 
You know, most paralegal programs will hit what I call the major areas of law as part of the curriculum. You know, civil litigation tends to be always a required course in a program. Real estate, family law, those particular areas tend to always be part of a curriculum. But, you know, if you see uh, in a program, and, and, and even for those that have graduated and are working and maybe have been working for a couple of years, go back to your universities, community colleges that you attended, and look to see what additional courses they may be providing in the paralegal programs, such as e-discovery, you know, medical records analysis, other things that you can learn and be able to apply in your respective area. You know, I teach students that you may be working in family law and you think, well, I will never need the skill set of analyzing medical records. Well, that's not always true. You may have situations where you have to look at and read and review and analyze medical records that may be part of a child custody issue. Uh, so, you know, adding to and, and going into and looking to see what additional education is out there is highly recommended for, you know, anybody students as well as those that have already graduated and been doing it 10 years. Great points. You know, and I know we've been talking a lot about the paralegal and the legal support professional, but when we're seeing some of these studies, which is two-thirds or 65% of lawyers that we've interviewed in some independent surveys, talking about the blended or hybrid paralegal slash legal secretary position that is growing in demand, you know, certainly a lot more common today than it was two years ago. Can you explain the benefits of this hybrid role to the law firm uh, and what you're seeing out there as it pertains to these hybrid positions? Sure. You know, coming from the large firm in Oklahoma, we saw it the past couple of years, uh, just like you were saying, more and more of that hybrid type role. And like I said earlier, gone are the days of that straight administrative task-based legal secretary taking dictation, drafting documents, you know, things that the old-school legal secretary did. But while most legal secretaries nowadays still have some of those administrative tasks, they're also being tasked with doing those duties that require them to be proficient in areas of technology staying on top of the trends such as e-discovery and soft skills. They're also doing some light, what I call the light conducting of factual information investigations and doing little light research. I like to think of the hybrid legal professional skill set to be that of a paralegal assistant or junior paralegal. You know, while the hybrid professional has to have the basic legal knowledge necessary, they also have to have that judgment and analytical ability, as well as those legal soft skills necessary to succeed. You know, as to the benefits of a hybrid role, these include not only costs, and Chad, I'll let you maybe perhaps elaborate more on that, but it's also provide those opportunities to those hybrid professionals to advance their careers. Should they wish to really maybe become full-time paralegals or branch into the new and exciting, you know, paraprofessional roles, such as what we have seen now just this past year, the limited license, uh, legal technician in Washington State. You know, overall, in my experience in talking with members and nows, I've found that those individuals who are considered hybrids are more satisfied. The biggest challenge for those secretaries who have now crossed over, you know, into that hybrid role, uh, has been making sure they don't cross over into performing and taking away 
duties that the full-time paralegal uh, should be doing. You know, those lines between the hybrid and the full-time can get a little blurred depending on the, you know, law firm that you're working with, but it's not only up to the paraprofessional, but also their employer to understand the defined roles of each and what tasks and duties each could and should be performing. Well, I couldn't agree more, Carl. Um, You know, what's interesting is this hybrid role really in and of itself is different from firm to firm based on the experience and what type of individual they're looking for. I think you've hit a lot of the high points, which is this technology, the interpersonal skill, the administrative aspect seeming to becoming more automated or being able to be handled by lawyers because of their administrative skills or or software that is out there to help them. And really, it's a great platform for individuals with all of those skills to grow their career. And we're seeing higher salaries for hybrid roles that bring all of the things you talked about to the table. You know, what, if any, is the impact on paralegals or even the hybrid positions in and around client service, Carl, with the clients you're dealing with? You know, nowadays, clients are very savvy when it comes to the legal services and, you know, the demand, their demand for more cost-effective services that are being performed. You know, and as such, paralegals are interfacing more regularly with the clients and, the clients know what a paralegal should and shouldn't be doing as part of the routine legal services that a law firm provides. So clients are, you know, requiring those paralegals have a certification, a nationally recognized and provided certification. You know, and it's also important uh, that the paralegals stay on top of those industry trends, of course. And I'll give you a little story here. You know, a previous firm I worked for, we had secured a major new client and nationally recognized client. And this client, uh, as part of, you know, the firm becoming uh, their go-to firm for the the state of Oklahoma, they wanted to see the the resumes of the paralegals who were going to be working with these particular partners and attorneys. And they also wanted to see, were they certified and what continuing legal education courses they had taken or hadn't taken. Clients see and know that it's important that the paraprofessional role be fully schooled and educated and staying on top of because we're all a team. We all, you know, from the secretary to the paralegal to the receptionist to the attorneys, we all have one duty, and that's to ensure that the services that we're providing to the clients are on the up and up and staying on top of the trends. Well, that's great, Carl. I mean, real-life example is always beneficial to the listeners. Well, it's been a great discussion thus far, and now it's time for a quick break. To find, hire, and retain the best legal professionals, it's critical to have a sound hiring strategy in place. Robert Half Legal works with law firms and corporate legal departments to create effective staffing plans that can adapt to changing workload levels, realize significant cost savings, and improve the overall management of human resources. We offer a wide range of resources to assist hiring managers and job candidates, including our annual salary guide, industry-leading workplace research, and valuable interactive tools. For more information, call us at 800-870-8367 or visit roberthalflegal.com. Welcome back to the Robert Half Legal Report. 
I'm Chad Volkert, and with us today is Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal with Foreign Glennon in Las Vegas, Nevada. Before our break, we were discussing the impact paralegals are having on clients' service levels, and I'd like to spend the next few minutes, Carl, talking about what you consider to be among the most rewarding aspects of your work as a paralegal over the last 20 years. Well, one of the most rewarding aspects for me working in litigation um, is that it's challenging. Uh, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and I love I love a challenge. So I love you know that almost every day a new challenge presents itself that it will allow me and allows me to expand on my growth as a professional. Uh, another rewarding aspect is the respect and professional recognition I received being a, a paralegal. The attorneys that I've worked for and with over 20-plus years have all considered me to be an important member of the legal team. And, you know, I have sat next to nationally recognized trial lawyers at council table during, you know, these various trials and them, you know, relying on me for my opinion and uh, analysis and just being recognized as a valued member of the legal team. That's great. And and you probably are guessing, Carl, that I'm going to flip that question on you. Uh, okay. So a lot of rewarding things in your career, but uh, you know, what are some of the significant challenges that either you have faced or your colleagues as paralegals in this changing workplace of today? Well, you know, with the changing workplace, one of the most significant challenges is the stress, the stress that goes along with the position. And it's not just in litigation. You know, talking with family law paralegals or real estate law paralegals, we all have and share a level of stress. Some may be a little bit more than others, but the the level of stress is there. And, you know, the paralegal is constantly facing deadlines. They're working for multiple attorneys, potentially large caseloads, you know, as well as having to navigate that law office environment of the personal, you know, different various personality types and the law office politics that go along with it, you know, stress is, is a major challenge that a paralegal faces. You know, and another significant challenge are the work hours, above and beyond what is the typical 40-hour work week. You know, you would think that with technology we would, it would help ease up some of it, but some of it now it, it adds to the work week hour. And so litigation, of course, can involve many long nights, long weekends, and it's important that a paralegal recognize the importance of, you know, maintaining a work-life balance and not to burn yourself out, something I have to tell myself almost daily. Don't burn yourself out. Don't burn yourself out. And so that's something that I try to impart into paralegal students as well as paralegals that I help mentor. That's great. I mean, that work-life balance nowadays and, you know, certainly technology can help, but it can also uh, hinder that work-life right. balance uh, based on the access of information. I. I think, you know, the other key item that I'd love to hear your thoughts on, Carl, in and around this area is you've had such a great career in litigation and in the healthcare arena. And part of it is the rewards outweighing sort of those issues or or stress. And, And part of that is loving what you do when you wake up every morning. So as you're counseling and mentoring other paralegals, how can you help paralegals identify legal practice areas or specializations that really match their skills and interests to get them excited to get into the office every day. Any advice there? Well, one piece of advice, you know, 
pursue what interests you the most. It's something I, I tell my students because, and I ask them, it's typically a question I ask first night or first week is, you know, what interests you about working in the legal industry? You know, is it criminal? Is it family? Is it, you know, you want to help champion the, the person through the court system? What is it? So it involves a lot of self-reflection. You have to think and, and ask yourself what prompted your interest to get into the program. Start there and then build on that experience, you know, developing a skill set that will transfer into another area. So I always tell students, I always tell, you know, up-and-coming paralegals, cross-training is important, um, especially if you're able to and have the opportunity to work in a large firm where there are a variety of areas of law to quote-unquote, dabble in, you know, ask. It demonstrates to an employer that you want to remain relevant and that you're valuable to that particular company or firm. Great advice. You know, maybe if we shift gears a little bit, you know, as your career grows as a paralegal, uh, as you take on more responsibility at the firm, many paralegals start thinking about managing a team. Maybe that's possible if they're working at a larger team. Um, maybe others look at management a little differently if they're at a smaller or mid-sized firm. But any advice on providing direction to paralegals who are looking to step into the management role of the paralegal profession? Best piece of advice I can give is ask. Ask your supervising attorney or the attorneys to take on more responsibilities. You know, demonstrate to your employer that you're willing to go above and beyond what is asked of you. I've done, and as a result of doing several years ago, I've taken on some managerial tasks in the firms that I've worked at. And it was because, uh, at the time, uh, the paralegal supervisor at the firm that I worked for conducted initial paralegal interviews. And unfortunately, she had to travel out of town unexpectedly, and they had a potential new hire coming in to interview. And she knew about my leadership skills and my talents that I had in the firm. And so she asked me to perform that cursory interview of the individual. And like I say, the rest is history. You know, From then on, I was involved in not only doing that first-level interviewing of an individual for a paralegal position, but it branched into other legal support positions, secretarial positions, looking for, you know, a hybrid type person. So if you wish to take on some of those managerial duties, you know, ask if you could set in on the next interview of the next paralegal or legal secretary type position and help, you know, screen that potential applicant. You know, demonstrate your leadership skills by sharing what you've learned from going to these CLE seminars and workshops. Do that by taking that information, sharing it with your coworkers by providing a lunchtime in-house CLE opportunities. Employers love that. If someone will, you know, I will send, you know, someone to uh, attend a CLE, and if they'll come back and share that with the rest of the team, yeah, do it. It, it demonstrates that you've got that leadership skill. And if you're in a large firm with numerous paralegals and you don't have a paralegal manager-type position, Ask the managing director of the firm or the head of HR to maybe attend paralegal management training or ask to shadow your HR administrator to learn valuable management skills that maybe you can be a 
a hybrid of a paralegal that has a caseload, but maybe you're doing a little bit of managerial duties for the paralegal team. Well, a lot of the same philosophies that we provide to candidates that we interview, uh, you mentioned, Carl, I think the key there is ask, be proactive, don't wait for the game to come to you, but certainly drive your thoughts, your interests, your expertise to the firm. And the other item that I would simply mention is there's a lot of ways to quote unquote manage paralegals or cases, those type of items within a firm without necessarily having that title. And so I would encourage folks not necessarily to get caught up on a title in how they're impacting the firm and being seen as a leader. Any advice, Carl, that you would have for, you know, individuals either trying to break into the industry as a paralegal or for paralegals that are uh, seeking employment. Unemployment is very low. Um, In most geographies, less than 2% in the legal industry. But for those that might be in transition, any advice for them? You know, if you're looking to get into the paralegal industry and becoming a paralegal, contact a local paralegal association. You know, find out who the president, vice president of your local association and speak to the leaders about it. You know, invite them to lunch or coffee after work or something like that and and pick their brain, so to speak, on the, you know, advantages and disadvantages of working as a paralegal. If you can tap into a working paralegal, that'll help you get a, a good perspective of what it's like to work in a law firm or corporate setting. I tell my students the first day of class that I'm going to show them the ugly side of working as a paralegal as well as the good side because I want them to be fully informed of what it's like to be a career paralegal because there's nothing worse than you thinking it's this, you know, daisies, sunshine, rainbows, and you get out there and you your first time that you have a ugly situation happen, like, whoa, wait, I wasn't told about that. So I want to make sure that, and you want to make sure that you see both sides, the advantages and disadvantages of working as a paralegal. And also reach out to the paralegal instructor of a paralegal program. Don't just talk to the advisor of the program. Actually go talk to a paralegal instructor. Typically they will be working attorneys or paralegals themselves, and it's great to speak to them about it. For those paralegals that are actively seeking employment, I can't stress it enough, Network, network, network. You know, every job I have ever had was because of the large network of paralegals and attorneys that I've built over the years. And as the saying goes, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Well, it is what you know. you got to have the knowledge, the legal knowledge there too. But having that network will help you find and, and developing that network will help you find and provide you with the potential of landing that perfect quote-unquote, perfect job that you're seeking out there. It's great advice, Carl. And, you know, I would simply add that if you're looking to break into the industry, consider all options. Uh, The more flexible you can be in the opportunities you're looking at, whether they're in the hometown where you currently live or you're willing to relocate, maybe it's in a practice area that's very, very busy and something that you hadn't thought about before, but keep an open mind. And certainly for those that are seeking employment because they are currently unemployed, always consider temporary contract engagements. Get your foot in the door. Show that you are continuing to focus on advancing your legal career, your legal knowledge, your skill set. And many times those temporary contract opportunities 
lead to full-time engagements. So, Carl, uh, you know, a little bit sad to say, I think we're down to just our last few minutes, and I'd, I'd like to ask you one final question. If you had a crystal ball, uh, what major trends do you expect in the next few years that would influence the role of paralegals and legal support professionals in the future? Well, of course, technology. Technology is always going to be that trend that will influence our roles as legal support professionals. And like we've talked about today, it's important for the paralegals and other paraprofessionals staying on top of the trends in technology. You know, another trend that I have seen and, and see and work in it myself here is the change in the typical brick-and-mortar law offices. I think we're going to see, and we're already starting to see, some of those law offices that are working maybe not 100% virtually, but they're maintaining smaller office spaces and allowing the paralegals and attorneys to work from home in a limited basis so that you still are developing that team player aspect. You're not just becoming a island of yourself, but you're still working with others. But I think we're going to start seeing some more of that traveling work office type situation. And of course, another trend is the advent of the new legal support professionals. You know, Washington State, the limited license legal technician. Utah is in the process of working on their limited paralegal practitioner role. With the increased need for greater access to justice and individual clients seeking more cost-effective legal services for simple legal needs, I believe we're going to see the growth of this new professional role. And uh, I kind of like to think of these roles similar to that of like a nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, you know, the the need, the greater need for uh, people having access to simple legal services. I think we're, we're going to see that trend. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think I would add a lot of what is driving some of the potential change that you're citing is the increased growth in new practice areas or non-traditional practice areas. You mentioned e-discovery early in the program. We see that continuing to grow in the demand for legal professionals in that area, but also data privacy, security-related issues, the breaches that are happening in that area, compliance and regulatory work, the changes across the healthcare industry that require legal expertise, and even the contract management with technology and how legal plays into that, very much impacting the legal community right now. Firms, as well as in-house departments, are looking for paralegals that are highly skilled in those areas, and we see that as a continuing trend moving forward as well. Well, we have reached the end of the program. It was certainly a great discussion, and uh, certainly special thanks to Carl Morrison for joining us today and offering his expertise. Before we close, I want to let the audience know how they can contact you, Carl, and where they can obtain more information about the legal job market. Thank you, Chad. It was great uh, being here. My email is c-m-o-r-r-i-s-o-n at fg ppr.com and our website is www.fgppr.com you can also find me on linkedin uh, carl morrison twitter cmorr3371 and facebook of course and of course you know check out uh, our association website at www.nals.org 
for more information about the association and, of course, about the legal support professional roles that are trending now. Thank you so much, Carl. And I know many of our listeners will most likely reach out to you uh, to continue the dialogue independently. Our listeners can reach me at charles.volkert, V as in Victor, O-L-K-E-R-T, at roberthalf.com. And you can visit the Robert Half Legal website for additional career resources, including our new salary guide for the legal profession at roberthalflegal.com. Thanks again, Carl, and to our audience for listening today. Join us next time on the Robert Half Legal Report as we discuss important trends impacting legal practice management and legal careers. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Robert Half Legal connects the most highly skilled candidates with the best positions in the legal profession. Join us again for the latest information in the next edition of the Robert Half Legal Report here on the Legal Talk Network.